Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Tuesday's episode of Hustlers Healthy Hacks, where we give you a bite-sized insight into the healthy habits that have helped us hustle our way to good health. Now, I hate to spoil the party, but health is so much more than the food you put in your body or how hard you work out at the gym. Health is about empowering relationships, a fruitful career, spirituality, nutrition, mental well-being, and movement. That's why each week we will bring you a thought-provoking and insightful look into the healthy habits that will help you conquer your health and well-being goals. This episode of The Healthy Hustlers is proudly brought to you by Neon, the go-to marketplace for models, social media influencers, and celebrities to connect with brands. Before we get started with today's Hustlers Healthy Hacks episode, we want you all to know that the topics, opinions, and views we discuss in this episode are from our own personal experiences and shared with you for entertainment purposes only. If you are wanting medical advice about your health, lifestyle choices, or mental well-being, please seek this from a qualified medical practitioner first. Hello, hustlers, and happy Tuesday. Just like every Tuesday, I'm joined by my good friend and Hustlers Healthy Hacks co-host, Tegan Martin. Teagues, welcome back to the show. How's your week been? My week has been awesome, Mads. I've been in Fiji shooting the Bras and Things campaign, so that was fun. So exciting. Seriously, what a career highlight, my goodness. Absolutely. I've actually wanted this job for so long and I walked past the window about six months ago and I said to myself, oh, it was one of my friends in the window. I was like, oh, I forgot about this. I I want that job. Like, I'm going to get that job this year. And six months later, I booked it. So, so amazing. When you messaged me and said, I've booked a really big job, I knew it had to be something (laughs) massive. So, I cannot wait to see you gracing their windows very soon. Um, So, I guess it kind of probably sets up a good little question that I can ask you to set the scene for today. But you have had some pretty massive weeks um, work-wise and obviously this amazing campaign with bras and things. Can you tell me one of your tactics that you use to keep a really positive mindset when it comes to your body leading up to a job or a hectic week like you've had? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I have been in the industry since I was 18 and standing in front of the camera when you have like a crew of 25 people there watching your every movement is quite intimidating. Uh, And I have had moments where I've actually become a bit of a lip reader as well (laughs) because they're like standing about 20 metres away and it's much faster if I read their lips and then do what they are saying we should get her to do when they've said it. But that comes with some pretty horrible moments where I read something that they're saying that isn't as nice. So I've, you know, had people say, oh, she's not moving in front of the camera properly oh, I thought she was skinnier than that. Oh, I thought she might have a bit more shape than that. Like it it just, (laughs) one moment you're too skinny, the next moment you're not curvy enough. The next moment your boobs aren't big enough. The next moment your boobs are too big. So yeah, you just just never feel like you're good enough. Um, And for me, the mantra that I've had to start using since I was probably about 21 after I moved to Paris, which was an even worse industry is, I am enough just the way I am. I just keep telling myself that on any shoot, especially when I feel like the client isn't really loving my work that day because that happens for me just as it happens for any of you out there in a normal job. There are days where 
you might not be right for the client and you just have to keep telling yourself that you are enough no matter what certain people think about you and that you can't win over everyone. Oh, I love that so much. And I think, like you said, you can absolutely apply that to any facet of your life, really, if it's in a friendship, if it's in a working environment, if it's at uni, because, you know, we all have those those feelings of self-doubt where we really don't think we are enough. And I think constantly reminding yourself and the other saying that I love, which kind of complements that is I'm not for everyone and everyone's not for me. I love that. And so I think if you can almost like bring those two together and and remind yourself that you definitely are enough, then that's enough to get you through your day. Totally. There's always going to be people in your office that want to bring you down. And at one point there, I kind of realized that the more successful I was and the better I was doing, the more people just wanted to have a go at me and to have little digs or to talk about me, to try and have other people question whether I was good enough at something. And it's bloody annoying. Yeah, it's absolutely. Like, why are we all bring? Like, why, why do people want to bring other people down? I just don't get it. Yeah, and it is. It's a constant thing that happens to you know. I think everyone really. So, mm. um, I think that leads into today's conversation very well. So, can you please give all of our audience a little sneak peek on what's coming up in today's episode? Okay, today, guys, we are exploring in depth a little bit about toxic relationships. The inner critic and how to tame her or him. (laughs) Making decisions and backing yourself. Yes, yes, yes to this. This is a hard one. Like it definitely takes time and it's a work in progress. It's a repetition before you can kind of really just do it naturally, right? Absolutely. And I know it's something that you and I have just been talking about a lot personally in our own lives and giving it each, each other that confidence to make big decisions and backing ourselves in. But um we'll Back definitely yourself. dive Yeah. <laughs> we'll definitely dive into that a lot more during the conversation. Totally. So Mads, what quote have you chosen to set the scene for today? Well, one of my all-time favourite quotes, I'm pretty sure I still have it in my personal Instagram bio actually, is never let anyone dull your sparkle. And I know it kind of, at times I used to think this sounds a bit young or a bit boring, but it wasn't until I had quite a few experiences throughout my career where I really noticed that people were absolutely dulling my sparkle. Mm. And when I say that, I think that Everyone has their own unique sparkle and and it's what you bring to a relationship, to a situation, to a workplace. Like Mm. everyone has, has their little bit of sparkle and energy that they can offer. And I think when I was in one of my previous jobs, I was really finding that I wasn't bringing that level of energy and that level of creativity and, you know, my ideas to any of my meetings or when I was getting a task at work, I was really kind of defeated by it and I wasn't feeling inspired. Mm. And when I started to really look around and realise the environment I was in, I realised it was the people around me were really dulling my sparkle and they didn't, they didn't allow me to be that creative, mm. confident person that had ideas and was open to speaking them out loud in front of, you know, a board of executives. So I really had to take that into my own hands and I think I come to the realisation that I believed that quote so much and now it's just something in my life that I'm like, I will never ever allow myself to be in a situation or in a friendship group or in a relationship that dulls my sparkle. Absolutely. I love that you mentioned creativity because I feel like that's a real key indicator of losing your sparkle is the moment where 
you kind of aren't doing anything new. You you can't put a pen to paper and just have a scribble. Like none of your creativity is sort of coming through anymore. So that's been a big key indicator for me when I know that I need to kind of reignite my flame. The other one for me, Mads, is when I wake up in the morning and this has happened to me twice, two big moments in my life were when I came to the end of my apprenticeship and I had been working at the salon for seven years and it was a very toxic environment. There were a lot of girls and it just had become this place where I felt really miserable and my alarm clock would go off and I would just feel heavy and sick and I would even cry some mornings and it happened to me a similar feeling when I should have broken up with a partner earlier than I did and every morning when my alarm would go off like I I kind of would wake up and just feel down. Yeah and I think it is really you know recognizing those feelings Mm. and it's because it's so easy to just keep going and to just keep pushing through but going back to knowing that you are enough and knowing what you are capable of giving to your environment and to your world and those around you. It's about really recognizing those signs of, I know I'm not giving enough right now. I'm not at my full potential. I'm not being the best version of myself and really figuring out the signs and the reasons behind why that is happening. So I know we've spoken about mindfulness and meditation in the last few episodes, but it is giving yourself those tools Mm. and incorporating them into recognizing when these toxic things are happening to us. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, Mads, let's dive into the first topic of toxic relationships. For anyone who's feeling like they may be in a toxic relationship or friendship, what are some common signs? So some common signs of a toxic relationship can be that feeling of when you just feel like you're not being heard anymore or your opinion or your voice just isn't strong enough and people aren't taking you serious. So you can also feel really drained from this or you step away from actually putting your opinion out there and kind of saying your point of view. Another one is losing confidence in yourself and your decisions. And this is definitely one that I really felt when I was in my past, an old job that I was talking about was I really lost that confidence of of being that person that I wanted to be in a job. Mm -hmm. And so I think if you are feeling that, you know, you've been in a role or in a relationship or in a friendship for quite a while and all of a sudden you're really second guessing yourself around those people or in those situations is such a key sign. Can I just say something on this? You could do something right three times in a job or at uni to your lecturer or whatever environment we're talking about here. Let's just use a job for example. You could do something incredible three times but the person that's above you wants to point out faults in that because that leverages them and lets the employer know that they are more valuable than you. And this is something that I'm noticing coming up a lot in my conversations with my friends is that people are just wanting to put you down because it leverages them and that is something that really creates a lack of confidence and stops you believing that your decisions are, are good. And you just have to recognize that and put, putting that out there here right now, like, let me just tell you next time you're told that your idea isn't good enough or that your research isn't good enough or whatever it may be, just remember that that person is probably just trying to leverage themselves. Absolutely. I could not agree with that more. And I think there would be a lot of people listening who could totally resonate with that feeling and Mm. being in, especially in a working environment when you have a senior leader or someone above you who is really probably just a little bit threatened by your ability and your skill set and your energy and your personality. And they're just constantly squashing it. Um, I notice it a lot on shoots because there's 20 people in the creative team and 
realistically, in many occasions, there doesn't need to be 20 people being paid to be there. So I'm getting three pieces of different advice. I'm getting one person saying, do this, one person saying, do this, one person saying, do this. And I'm standing there saying, this is actually so unproductive right now. You guys are actually all just trying to prove that you're worthy of being here. And it just becomes this like manic war. Oh, absolutely. And it is. It's like everyone's just trying to be that little bit better than someone else. Just prove that they're, you know, worthy of being paid to be Mm -hmm. there. When there, let's be honest, is many, are many roles out there where people actually aren't needed and the person under them is quite capable of doing all of the work. (laughs) Definitely. And I've absolutely been in both situations where one, I've had a manager who is the most empowering person and makes you feel like you can make any decision and they will totally back you, even if they're sitting there thinking, "Mm, this is a bit of a risk. Where the opposite, where it's just like that person who doesn't want you to make decisions and doesn't want to give you that space to be the best version of yourself because it's almost a bit threatening. And it took me a really long time to recognize that and to realize that, no, this isn't me. This Mm. is more about you. Mm. I got to a point where I started trying to evaluate and really sit with whether my idea was good or whether the person was just threatened. And if I truly believed that my idea was incredible and that it was worthy of, you know, some great feedback um, or to move forward with it, I would go to the person above them or I would find another way to consolidate that this was a great idea because I, I would just knew with every bone in my body that that person was just threatened of me. Yeah. And I think you know in yourself, don't you? Like, you know, when you're putting something good out into the world, you're not just doing it for the sake of it. So, um, and I think one of the other signs that I really like, and I guess we've already touched on this quite a bit, is really second guessing yourself. Mm. And that sometimes probably happens before the losing the confidence. Yep. Um, and I know you've experienced a bit of this, Teague, mm, so mm. maybe you can dive a little bit more into it. Yeah, I've experienced it in relationships and I've experienced it in the workforce. And it often is synonymous with manipulative people and people that are really good with their words. Um, And you may present a problem to your partner or your employer and they come back with 50 reasons as to why it's actually your problem or your fault. And then you find yourself second guessing and maybe slowly convincing yourself that maybe it was you that's in the wrong. Um, And it's another case of what we just said, like you know when you're in the right and you know when someone is doing wrong by you and you just have to back that, like back your intuition. Yeah, absolutely. Intuition is such a key player in all of this, I think. So now we did read the psychology today had a really good quote that we loved, which was that toxic people are rarely aware of their toxicity. So Teagues, do you want to dive a little bit more into how you've let go of someone who is no longer serving you? Yeah, absolutely. So um, the first thing that you need to do with a relationship that you may think is not serving you anymore is take some time to sit with it in your own time in a quiet space and really evaluate whether it's you, um, if you're, you're playing a role in why this relationship is feeling toxic or if this person is time and time again doing things that you know, make you feel unheard, make you lose your confidence, uh, make you second guess yourself. So really sit with it and try and figure out, 
is it the person or is it a combination of you and that person? Because, you know, we don't want to go like willy-nilly cutting people out of our lives. We are often the problem um, and, you know, we're not perfect either. So firstly, it is evaluating whether that person is the problem. And if you in your heart and gut feel that they are, put a plan into place as to how you're going to slowly draw back from them or if they're really toxic, cutting them cold, I find is the most effective. And for me, I have had to do that with previous relationships, um, intimate relationships where I have, you know, had to delete them, block them, like not block their family, but like, you know, distance myself from their family and their friends um, and just cut all reminders of that person because anytime they or their loved ones got any airtime in my head, it would put me in a negative state. So, the cold turkey, I feel, is the best way to go. Oh, I like that. The cold turkey. I'm pretty harsh though. Maybe it's a bit much. And, you know, <laughs> if you are listening to this and you are resonating and feeling that you're in a toxic relationship, be that with a, a partner or if it's with a friend, we want you to take this advice as we've been doing this for a long time now, you know, we're I'm a lot older than Tegan, but (laughs) it definitely isn't something that you're just going to overcome and have the strength to do overnight. It definitely is a working progress. So be really kind to yourself and and give yourself that space to really recognize these triggers and when it's happening. And even if it is a a slow burn and you just, you slowly start hanging out with that person less and you, you know, yeah, totally distance yourself just slowly with that person. Person mm. or that or that relationship, it doesn't have to be that you just wake up one day and say, "Okay, I'm never going to see you again." Because depending you know, on the person, yeah, depending on the person, <laughs> case absolutely. by case, you guys. No, I had a really good um, session with an energy healer once, and she said to me, "This is a professional relationship, and there are often people in your work, you know, or uni, or people that you can't really get away from, especially if it's family. Family's yeah, hard, family's hard. Um, and." Zoe said to me, uh, you need to write a message to this person and spell it out for them. And you need to say, hi, so-and-so, I'm, you know, going through a little bit at the moment and I'm finding that your energy is, you know, not the best for me um, where I'm at right now. Um, I appreciate, you know, everything you've done for me, but right now I actually need to take some time and take a step back away from you. And I did that. It was the most uncomfortable thing I've ever done. I was like, isn't it just easier just like not reply to a text? But no, I felt really good after it. And it actually kind of spun the situation around in that I think the person that had been treating me poorly realized it and couldn't go around telling people, oh, that Tegan chick, she just stopped talking to me for no reason. She actually was like, oh no, like maybe I've crossed the line here or maybe I've been a bit of a pessimist around Tegan or Mm whatever it may be, um, yeah, let them let them evaluate what they've done wrong. Like, Absolutely. Put it out there. And it goes back to what we're just um, saying about from psychology today is that toxic people actually aren't really aware that they are doing mm. that and that they are creating those toxic feelings and emotions inside of someone else. So yeah. giving them the benefit of the doubt as yeah. well of that they're probably not doing this to, to harm you or to, to be, you know, that horrible person in your life. Mm. They're actually just so unaware of their own actions and the way that the impact that that's having on you emotionally. Absolutely. So I think definitely being able to point it out and to make it clear. And then if they do come back with something horrible, well, then you know that yeah. that person's definitely not for you. But you never know. It might allow for a conversation to spark. Mm. And you might find out that you're actually doing some pe- things to that person that really triggers them. Mm. And I know firsthand that's been something for me 
was at the start of my relationship was very much, you know, I was thinking that I was having all of these issues that were just because of my partner when really in hindsight, when we actually gave it the airtime and I had the confidence to speak about it openly Mm. was like, well, I was actually doing a lot to trigger those, those Mm. actions and those Mm. emotions as well. Mm. So I think giving people the benefit of the doubt as well. And that, you know, that time, like you said, to reevaluate the way that they've been treating you. Yeah. And, you know, just be clear if you are very sure that this person is, stopping you from bettering yourself in that message and in saying that, you know, I am, I'm taking some time away from you because if someone's toxic and they don't realize their toxicity, as we said, which most of them don't, they actually have a lot of growth to do Mm -hmm. and they actually need the space to go and do that work. And you're better off not being so close to them while they're doing that work because it's hard and it's messy. And sometimes while they're going through the work, they're even worse than before they started the work. We'll be right back with the rest of this episode after this healthy break. Neon is the go-to marketplace for models, social media influencers and celebrities to connect with brands. If you're wanting to take your social media to the next level, then Neon has the answers for you. Now offering bespoke social management packages for all social media platforms, They will run your social media platforms for you, creating digital and communication strategy, as well as scheduling and posting on platforms. They'll create brand-specific content each week and engage in influencer marketing campaigns and brands that align with your target market. With their fingers on the social media pulse and a team of elite models and influencers, Neon is able to create professional, and unique content to be used across platforms to promote your brand in a meaningful and authentic way. As a proud sponsor of today's episode, Neon are kindly offering our fellow hustlers 20% off their social management services. All you need to do is use the code NEON20 and email an inquiry to info at neonmodelmanagement.com. Okay, now moving on to topic number two for this episode is the inner critic and how to tame her. Teagues, can you please give us a little insight into what an inner critic is? Yes. So the inner critic is that mean girl inside your head that repeatedly pops up when you doubt yourself, you tell yourself you're not good enough, you tell yourself you're not capable. It's not actually something we can train ourselves out of doing but it is something that if we repeatedly work on shutting the door on the mean girl's head, your brain will start to have less negative thoughts. So um, for me, and I know a lot of people are talking about this in self-development realms out there, name your mean girl. I've named mine Felicia and I just say, bye Felicia. And it's like the most loser thing in the world. But for me, it, like, it just reminds you to actually like stop the voice. And if you if you reference it as a name like Sally or minga or whatever you want to call it you will um be able to recognize it faster and shut it down i'm not gonna lie i have never heard that tip that is so good oh well there you go groundbreaking oh my goodness that should be a little takeaway from this episode is naming your inner critic and really recognizing when she pops up and slam the door on her head spoiler alert 
Every single person has one. So don't feel like you're alone. Don't feel like you're a bad person for having one or that something's wrong with you. We all have her and she always creeps up. I should say he as well because I'm sure guys do, but I'm not a male, so I can't really take on that. But we all have them and it does it. She pops her little head up at the times when you really don't need it. Yeah, it's the times when you're feeling vulnerable, tired, weak, like you haven't eaten, whatever it may be that's making you feel like you're not strong that day is when she will pop her little head up the most. Absolutely. Um, Or when when you're approaching something that you're a little bit fearful of, and I think this is a funny thing with fear, is that I've always believed that you need to, like comfort zones are not a place of creating magic. Yeah. But obviously with stepping outside of your comfort zone comes fear and with fear comes that inner critic. Totally. So it's a bit of a flow and effect, but I think getting comfortable with all of those feelings Mm. is so, so important to Mm. your success and to constantly challenging yourself and to moving on to bigger and better things. You know what I also do? (laughs) Because I've caught myself out on it so many times. Like now when I have the thought, she's in this like real high-pitched crazy voice. So it's like a different tone and I'm like – then I can decipher the difference of like, because I'm a bit crazy and I take a lot of leaps and I'm a bit too risky sometimes. Like who would live in the jungle for eight weeks eating no food and like swimming with snakes? I str- like struggled when I was catching her out early on in deciphering what was actually just like Tegan being logical and being like, oh, maybe you shouldn't do that. Um, and the inner critic being like telling me that I can't do something that I actually can. So I started like using this different voice for her when she was coming. And now I know as soon as it's like Felicia popping in, it's a different tone. I love that her name is Felicia. I want that name as well. <laughs> you, can, you can have that name. You can all have that name. You can be Felicia. No, that's so true Felicia, though. And really developing and creating that personality for her and the way she looks and the way she – when she actually mm. pops her head up, like what situations does she love being in? Yeah. What does she love having a voice? It's like creating a product. You have to create the person that is using, wearing, what she smells like, what she does for – you know, you've got to paint the picture for it actually to be something that you can – consistently pull yourself up on. Yes, absolutely. So now some of our top tips for taming her because it is a work in progress. You are constantly having to work on this one and do it. And there is no kind of one fits all solution. And it's not like one day you just stop having these thoughts. You will always have them. I'm sure you continue to. They will change. Like one moment it might, or one quarter of the year, it might be about your thighs and you might just have this fixation on your thighs And the next quarter, it might be that you're just not good enough at your job and you're not worthy of being in the position you've been given. And the next quarter, it might be something else. But the intention behind calling your inner critic out is so that we're not stuck on the same thing all the time and that we're not telling ourselves for seven years straight that our thighs are too big. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. So the first tip that I would like to give is to develop the awareness that you're having these negative thoughts. And I think for me personally, this was something that I've really had to once again give space for. And I really had to get comfortable with recognizing that I was having those. And that was probably for me more when I was one, I knew I didn't want to be working full time for someone else. I wanted to be doing my own passion project or my own business but it was developing that confidence to actually do it because I sat in fear for way 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 too long and from that fear was that inner critic of what are people going to think like are they going to think that oh she can't do that or she's not good enough and I used to 
think I'm not smart enough. Like, do I actually know how to run a business? Like, and at the end of the day, it was recognizing those thoughts and knowing that I was the one actually having them Mm. and then surrounding myself with the people who allowed me to realize that those thoughts are negative and they're not true at Mm. all. I Mm. can do it. Yeah. Something cool we could do is even put in the show notes some examples of some really common ones because for me, like some that have popped their little head up consistently over the years would be, I'm not good enough for him. Yeah. Which is really sad. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, that's when you know you're not in your flame and your spark has been, you know, dampened a little bit. Um, I can't do this. I look terrible. Mm -hmm. I feel tired even. Like telling yourself that you feel tired is not going to give you energy. Absolutely. And I think it's kind of recognising where they have come from as well because Mm -hmm. I think we all have things from our past that are creating these these thought patterns. And Mm. for me personally, like I was not academic at school. I wasn't one bit book smart at all. I was always just like getting along, getting by. And that really took its toll on me. I think after being surrounded by people who were smarter and got straight into the university degrees that they wanted and got really high grades. And it wasn't till I got older that I realized that all of these negative thoughts that I'm having is coming from those earlier experiences mm. where I didn't feel smart enough or that, mm. you know, I couldn't, I wasn't a good enough reader or writer to mm. be able to do that. Yeah. So I think too, like understanding where they're coming from and yeah. recognizing it totally. um, and acknowledging that is really important to then developing that awareness for having those negative thoughts. Yeah. My psychologist has always said to me, having the thoughts is dangerous because what you think will come to fruition, but saying it out loud is even worse. Yeah. So that's why, you know, the reverse of that is having positive thoughts and saying positive affirmations out loud. Mm-hmm. Which leads us on to our next tip for taming her, which is ask yourself what advice you would give to your best friend and then say that out loud to yourself. I love that because sometimes, my God, I know exactly what I should do about something and I picture myself on the phone to my best friend, Emma, being like, nah, 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 and then I just can't take it on myself. Mm-hmm. I, and I go and do exactly the opposite of what I would have told her to do. It's so true. I feel like Why we all do have that? that. Sometimes I think that even with Healthy Hustlers, like some of the tips I'll write on Instagram and then I'm like, I'll catch myself and I'm not even doing the yeah. own tips. Like today I went to leave the house with a light on and I was like, I just told people in one of my last posts is to turn the lights off when you leave. So, you know, we're all suckers for doing that, yeah. I think. But um, yeah, no, that is so true. I love it. The next point for taming your mean girl is use repetition to repeatedly catch out your negative thoughts and cut the negative and replace it with a positive. Eventually, once you've repeated this process of shutting down the negative, you will start to have less of these negative thoughts. So it's almost like training your brain into, it's very NLP, train your brain into the habit of shutting down the negative so quickly that they don't change your state. And what I mean by changing your state is putting yourself from like a happy, I'm all right, I just woke up, I had breakfast, I'm in an okay mood, to having that one thought about you know, something negative like, oh, my ex that cheated on me or oh, my boss that fired me or whatever it may be, that changes your state so quickly and then the next hour or two may be not as productive. Mm. So it's about repeatedly catching it out as fast as you can and slamming the door on it. And even if you have to like go stop and like 
really like if something that's really getting to you go stop and like put some music on put your high vibes playlist on and just like have a dance or just do something to stop that thought from ruining the next few hours of your day I think having that dance is so it's so, it sounds so dorky and so silly but it literally changes your vibration so just quickly get down and do the worm in the street yeah <laughs> do what I do you guys but one thing I'm a very visual person and I, I'm not sure if you are teaks as well but for me on that one I actually almost like visualize myself having a big net like a massive fishing net and I like throw it and I catch the thought and it's in that net and then I kind of wave goodbye to it like haha got you but it's a really like and I'll even do it when I'm walking and I'll have a really negative thought I'm always like oh hang on and I get my net and I like catch it so So there you go guys you've heard it first from the cooked hustlers do the worm and catch things with your net. <laughs> but it, I think I thought, you know, the reason I wanted to say that is because you said about shutting the door on yeah, her. Yeah, yeah. And I think, it, you know, if you can actually visualise that process of yep. shutting a door or catching it in a net yes. or whatever your yep. weird, that. wacky way of catching a thought, it can actually then over time just become so much more natural mm. to, to recognise it and to mm. be aware of it. Mm. And it almost becomes a fun game yeah, as well. there's so many ways you could do it. Like you could visualise the words – coming out in front of you and just like shooting them and them just like disappearing like whatever works for you you know it's like my cutting cords exercise when I have been around someone that's draining my energy and I visualize a cord between my chest and theirs and then something severing the cord and them drifting off to the distance so many ways that we can use visuals to really help us integrate a process yeah and maybe we'll put some links in the show notes actually to a few of those visualization Mm. techniques the net one is one that I totally just made up, so you will not get a video for that. Um, but I the, can make one of her now. <laughs> the cutting the cords is a great one, and I know that's something that's really powerful for a lot of people. So we'll definitely give you guys um, a video so that you can give that one a go at home. So there you have it, guys. Toxic relationships, how to control the inner critic, and much more. We hope you enjoyed. That's all we've got time for today with my fellow healthy hustler, Mads. Woo, thanks for listening, guys, and see you again next week. Thank you all so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave a five-star review on the podcast app. If you'd like to suggest a topic, we'd love to hear from you via Instagram at The Healthy Hustlers or via the website, thehealthyhustlers.com. If you'd like to stay up to date with all things hustle, please follow at tegan.martin and at the healthy hustlers on Instagram. See you all next week.